On today's episode, we'll be sharing with you how to own your own speaking stage, how to profile every audience so you know what they're thinking and what you need to think to be able to get a win. And also, I'll be answering all your questions, that and more, on Speak On Stage. Hi, I'm Dave Crane, an ex-BBC journalist who transforms decision makers and business owners who are feeling unknown and scared to speak on stage into highly respected and branded industry experts who are frequently getting offered five, six and even seven figure contracts to do exactly what they did before. During the pandemic, I lost everything except the belief that like me, the world is full of frustrated leaders and game changers with untapped potential and brilliant ideas who felt time was always against them because they were worth much, much more and just needed help to learn to jump and grow wings on the way down. And so that's what I do. I help create industry icons. Imagine being in constant demand, headhunted and interviewed because you are the visionary whose life purpose and passion are aligned. So every single day you wake up smiling, truly happy, only doing what you want, when you want and having plenty of time to spend with those you love. I created the Industry Icon Program to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step -step strategies to help you to fly. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur or one in the making who's looking to create a business that makes an impact and a life worth living, it's an honor to be serving you. And now it's your turn to build a legacy. So let's get started. We need to talk. This is your time to become an industry icon. So there we are, very excited to have you here with me for another episode of Speak On Stage. And as you probably guessed, I'm Dave Crane. How did you guess that? Because it's branded everywhere um, all over the show. Uh, because of my ego being so big, not really, um, but I'm gonna say that anyway. Loads of things lined up. Now here's a challenge, you see. This show's got action-packed content and ideas and insights and videos and stuff that are gonna be really effective. But the nature of doing a podcast means that if I talk about stuff that's on this week, then if you watch it in a year's time, you'll go, no, that's not true, Dave. So you have to take that bit with a pinch of salt. So if I talk about stuff that's been happening in the last week or so, like the fact that we've lost our, uh, um, Her Majesty the Queen, Elizabeth, in the UK. Um, not everybody's from the UK, but if you have, then you'll uh, understand the difference that makes to the whole of society as we go along. We've got various conflicts going on around the world uh, and also lots of other challenges. I could talk about them, but then if I talk about them, you go, ah, in a week's time, we go, I'm not bothered about that stuff anymore. So that's just to share with you the fact that this is going out to lots of different places and it should be taken in the context of where you are right now, but also taken of the fact that when it was created and recorded uh, and shared, uh, it made sense. It goes out on video live across various different platforms, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook, but also you can catch the podcast and clips uh, at certain stages too. And we're also cr creating some amazing stuff I'm gonna share with you right now that you can have a look. And by the way, you've noticed that the subtitles are back. Yeah, because so many people turn around and said, Dave, I have no idea what you're talking about. Can you help? 
So, but subtitles are back. In fact, to go even easier for you to read, I can go into a tiny little squircle, which is a cross between a square and a circle. I know you knew that, but I'm just telling you just in case you didn't. I didn't. And uh, there you go, you can read with subtitles even easier now about me blocking out stuff. So today's episode is all about how to make a great speaker. What makes a great speaker? What makes them tick? And how you can use those tips and those insights to position yourself as a brilliant speaker as well. Now I have to use a slight caveat when I talk about this because I've been speaking on stage now for 50 years. I've been traveling around the world. I've hosted so many events in every single walk of life from hosting as a speaker to putting together well-being retreats to training the Olympics MC team to um, to hosting Dubai Rugby Sevens for 20 years and international beach soccer and the world's health and beauty conference and championship and lots of, lots of different things as well as obviously speaking the metaverse and so on. So I've got a pretty good idea about speaking, plus tons of rock concerts, um, I'm seeing them, and also hypnosis shows. So I've got a very good idea about what works, what doesn't work with an audience. But I also realize that there's tons of other speakers who have their own significant bit of charm that makes it work for them. Think about speakers like being rock singers or being a rock band, because in fact, when you deliver a keynote, it's not that different to delivering a, a concert. So you've got your greatest hits that you're gonna use, but also some new material, and you've got to tailor make it for the audience in front of you, and you want to have, by the end of your keynote, a round of applause, and if they can stand up and cheer, that's even better. Not always guaranteed, and not always appropriate, depending on the speaking event that you're going to. But you have to use those kind of sensibilities to understand how it all comes together. Now. The reason I mention this is because how many different types of artists are there? Millions. Different rock bands, singers, instrumentalists, there's, there's a cappella, there's you name every type of music. And they are different, but they're equally valid because they reach a different audience. So when I share with you things that work for me as a speaker, that's based on 50 years and success all around the world. But you might be a speaker yourself, and you might say, I don't do it like that. Or you might be somebody who says, I don't like that particular style. I get it, but here's what you need to understand. How to put what you do into perspective of what everybody else does, and cherry pick the best bits to make it work. Does that make sense? Good. So that's why it's about being a great speaker, as opposed to somebody who speaks, which is a different thing. So moving on with that, here's our agenda and how it all comes together. We're going to go through how to own your own speaking space. Also, what is my audience thinking when I talk to them? What I should be thinking, or in this case, you should be thinking, and how to get a win. This is essential. If you don't know how to get a win, it doesn't matter what you do. You end up coming off stage and going, was that okay? They say, well, if only you'd done this, it would have been great. That's what winning is. Every single time you speak on stage, you should instantly get a win, which means that you walk away and everyone says, that's fantastic. I learned so much, and I want to work with you again. So then after that, we've got your questions and answers if we can fit them in before the end of the show. So much stuff to go through. Now, I'll keep this short and sweet. I will repeat this slide at the very end of today's presentation. If you want to get your hands on a copy of the 10 killer strategies guaranteed to fast track your career, which helps you to get over imposter syndrome, learn to speak, get over fear of public speaking, learn to do your social media, so on LinkedIn and so on, you'll have viral content, viral videos, and also how to brand yourself when your company says you're not allowed to do stuff with your own social media, but you also know that you might not be staying there forever, but you need to build up a brand, regardless of what the company says, by the way, then get this. 
All you have to do to get this book, it's free, is register. Get this QR code in front of you, tap on it if you're watching on your phone, and it'll open up a website, in which case then you can come back and watch the rest of the, the video podcast later on. Um, the link will be put into the comment section of the uh, normal podcast, the audio podcast. But if you haven't got your facility for doing this, or you're not connected to the internet, take a screenshot of this, and then when you are next to Wi-Fi or the internet, or you've got your data package paid off, then click on the... Um, QR code and it will open up the page where you just need to register and within 30 seconds of doing it you'll have it sent to you uh, you can access it download it and start changing your life as well okay so with that being said let's move on rapidly with the industry icon program this is how I train great speakers all around the world um, google it go to the industry icon Dot com and you'll find out all about this. This is getting people to super high level in their industry so they stand out as the very best at what they do. Uh, and of course, they get speaking gigs, more business opportunities, and they get the kudos of creating a legacy on behalf of the entire industry. If you're interested in that, talk to me directly. That's my day job. This is fun, and uh, it should be fun as well. So next up, let's look at how that works together. All this stuff comes together to s fix the headaches of your clients. So every client's thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to do with this problem? What am I going to do about that? You can build it up. And this show, this podcast is designed to help you to get there fastest. Um, but the most effective way to do it is to work with me directly, of course. Uh, and this diagram illustrates everything. You can watch it on previous episodes because I want to get straight into today's show. Okay, so to watch it all come together, to do that, it's really important. I want to share with you now what happens when all your stuff works. All the stuff we're going to share in today's show should put you in a position where you're able to go into any stage and within a very short amount of time, within seven seconds, you should have the audience eating out the palms of your hands. And you're thinking, Dave, that's completely impossible. The answer is it's not. And uh, just to prove it, watch this. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Fantastic. That's great on that table here. This is how it works. Everyone start clapping. Everyone start clapping. Okay? Then everyone stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Keep clapping and cheer! Right, that's it so now. Very good, very good. That's what you do every time a new speaker comes on. Because what happens is two things. First of all, they want to give you the very best performance they possibly can. And also, when you look in their eyes, they're a little bit scared. So there you go, that's what happens when you go on stage. And that's an example about owning an audience and owning the space when you're speaking. What do I mean by owning the space? Well, it's actually much easier than you think. Everywhere you stand, everywhere you talk, everywhere, it's basically owning a room. When it's your turn to speak, everybody who's hearing what you're saying, everybody in that place should be looking at you or listening to you as the authority. 
And when you finish doing it, you hand it back over to people. That's what owning a space or owning a room and speaking really means. Now, if you're enjoying this stuff, by the way, make sure you follow and subscribe on all the different social media platforms that we're on. LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, you can subscribe to Dave Crane uh, um, there as well. Um, and also Dave Crane Dubai is usually where you find me on most of the different platforms. We will be talking at a future date in the branding that involves different social media, like are you using Be Real and TikTok? Because TikTok, people have experimented with, for instance, to see how that stands up against Google or YouTube as a search engine. And the amazing thing is, it's actually starting to take hold. But we won't talk about that too much. Follow me, subscribe, and let's get straight into owning a room and how you go about doing that. So, to own a room, you've got to do a couple of different things. First of all, uh, to do it most effectively, uh, know your audience. We'll be talking about that in the next few minutes in today's podcast. Also, know your stage. What does it look like? Where are you standing? Can you see everybody? Um, and also, when you can see everybody, can they see you at the same time? Because if they can't, there's a disconnect. And then they start to talk in front of you, and it's really hard to get the audience back if you've lost them. Know your schedule, know your material, know how long you've got, what's coming up afterwards, who's been on before, and also know the time constraints that, that fall in with doing a gig. You could overstay your welcome without even knowing it because you're enthusiastic and you love what you're doing, but the audience is thinking, we need a bathroom break, we've had three speakers on the trot. And so even though you're fantastic, people start walking out. And you're thinking, what is that about? What have I done? It might not even be you, but you need to know your schedule and your know material as well. And know your decision makers. Who is it ultimately that you're looking after? We'll go through this more when it comes to uh, the whole show on how to get gigs. But your decision makers are the ones you've got to play to. Your audience who are there have to do what they need to do, which is to clap and be enthusiastic and enjoy your contents. But at the same time, your decision makers are the stage manager, showrunner, sponsors, venue owner. Maybe the audience are in there too, but they're going to be watching each other to see what the overall vibe is about what you've delivered. And you need to know who they are and what they're looking for. Because if you do something that works really well for you, and for the audience, but maybe that's not what they're after. You might get paid this time, but certainly you didn't deliver what they wanted. Very interesting. Decision makers, for instance, when we're talking about event managers, event managers want the gig to work really well. That's fine. But before they actually book you for the gig, they just need to know you're going to make them look good because whatever you do, they need to look good. Is that the same as delivering great content? Is that the same as working your audience? No, it's not. It means knowing and looking after your decision makers. Different thing. And if you're scratching your head right now and going, Dave, I don't get it. I know, but don't worry, it will come to you. We've got a lot of time before we get to the end of this, this series of episodes all about how to speak on stage. And uh, I promise you, I'll take you by the hand, not in a creepy, take you into the woods and you'll never be seen again kind of way, but in a really friendly, take you into the woods. <laughs> for a picnic kind of way. And last, of, last but not least is how to fix problems in real time. If something goes wrong, and we will talk about this in today's podcast as well, you need to know how to fix them instantly and hopefully without the audience knowing that you fixed them. There's nothing worse than turning around and saying, oh, the projector's broken, oh, we can't do this. Well, the audience doesn't care. You should have fixed it beforehand. And they don't know you've just arrived. And the fact is it was on its last legs before and the, the, the venue took a gamble and didn't fix it before. They don't care. They just want to know, we're here, we're sitting here, we did our job. How are you going to fix this? And you need to know pretty much how to do that. 
So, with that being said, let's look at the way that great speakers get around all these issues and all these problems. Now, you might not consider yourself to be a great speaker yet, and I understand that, that worry and that fear. And what does it mean to be a great speaker? I've been working with clients over goodness knows how long. I've been working with clients in this field, this industry, best part of 30 years, because I did it in the UK as well before I left to come to Dubai. And it's not about being a world-class speaker. That's useful for, the, for, for the, the websites and the Google searches, but you just need to be a busy speaker, as busy as you need to be, being paid to do what you enjoy doing and loving it. That's it, that's what you're after. Great speaker is relative because you might not be great in somebody else's eye because they're not looking for somebody like you anyway. But what you do want is to be busy with people who love your stuff, are willing to pay you for it, and you have a great time doing it forever. That's more than enough to look at. I hope you agree with that as a, as a concept for us to play with as we get back to our presentation. So great speakers can profile their audiences. And the question that they ask themselves is this, what is my audience thinking? What are they thinking? And once you work that out, how can you get the very best out of the audience because you know what it is that they're looking for? So let's take a couple of examples. We'll work through them. We will refer back to these in future episodes, by the way. So if you're finding as we go, it's very fast. It's very confusing. Yeah, I know, but it's free, so sharp. So when you're in a one-to-one -one meeting, and I'm assuming that this is the kind of person that comes to meet you as a sales meeting, or it's a meeting where it's a job interview, but there's some kind of transaction relationship going on. It's not casual, but because it's kind of creepy having one person in front of you, you want to bond as best as you possibly can within the realms of uh, keeping it uh, friendly, but also business-like. Now, they're probably thinking a lot of different things. First, in this case, he's thinking this. What's in it for me? If I'm going to spend the time in my office talking to you, Instead of on the phone or, or having staff meetings or, or maybe researching or maybe even going for a coffee, what's in it for me? What do you bring to the table? And he's going to be watching the clock as well. I say he, it could be female, it could be anybody, okay? I just say he because it's the first thing that showed up in Google Images when I went to say one-to-one -one meetings. So they're thinking, um, what do I get out of this? Am I wasting my time? Could my time be used to better by not having this person here and just doing it myself and then when they're working out who you are they're also thinking can this person deliver everything that it says on the tin the tin in your mind not the real tin can they deliver all the things i need them to do when i start challenging them and throwing them questions and this starts from the minute that you walk into the room by the way do I like them? It's kind of important, but it's not essential. There's lots of people in my life I don't like, but I trust them to get a job done, and so I still hire them or work with them. Like's not essential. You might not want to go for a drink with them afterwards or socialize with them on the weekend. Liking is a secondary concern, but it's a luxury if you can get it as well. But can I trust them is more important, because if you can't trust them, why are they there? I have lots of people I like, but I don't trust. If I gave them $1,000 and said, right, can I come back in a week's time and catch it back off you? And they say, oh, yeah, no problem. And I say, well, have you only got $500 left? Yeah, um, something happened. I, I kind of used it. And I was expecting it to come back. But it will come back. Don't worry. I've got everything under control. I will pay you um, because I just have to move a few things around. Do I like them? Yes, slightly less now, but do I trust them? No, I never did in the first place. So you have to be very careful. But the person in front of you is definitely thinking along those lines as well. 
And then if the answer is yes, you've passed your interview, you've passed your sales meeting, they're really into you, they want to work with you, what is the next step? You want to make sure that the person in front of you makes it as easy as possible, or you make it easy for them to decide what goes next with a call to action. So great, I'm glad we got on together. What's the next stage? Should I send you um, a timetable for me to start working with you? Or should I send you some proof of concept from other different projects I've worked on? And then we can choose the best one. Whatever it is, you have to work out with them. Sometimes, otherwise they'll drive it for you. Now that's not a bad thing, but here's the thing, with every single meeting you have, you train them or they train you. Now the difficulty is this, when it comes to training somebody in front of you on how to work together, if you go too hard on saying this is the way it is, you might scare them off. If you're going for a job interview and you're telling the boss, I like to do it like this, they're thinking this person is really hard to work with and also they'll be after my job in no time at all. How can I order this person or ask them to do things if they're already questioning the, the hierarchy of how this all comes together? So you need to be very, very careful testing the water and the best way to do it, if you've got an opinion, is to say, in my opinion. Or if you've got something to share, you say, if it's okay with you. Give them that due, give them that respect and they'll thank you for doing it and appreciate the position that you're giving them uh, in their own office. All right, let's move on to the next thing, hybrid meetings. Now, a hybrid meeting is always fascinating because these are only really new now. You've got an audience in front of you, you've got an audience on a big screen. So it's usually your team is talking to a client uh, or your team is talking to a head office or the CEO or you're in a coffee shop and you're chatting to, to uh, a member of staff. It doesn't matter what it is. There are lots of challenges and interesting concepts involved in just this particular scene. So you're watching this, you've got charts, you've got other things, but you've got lots of different dynamics. So let's examine the dynamics. So what are the people in the audience thinking? What are the people around you thinking as all this is progressing? They're thinking, what's in it for me? Now this is key. Whenever you talk about anything with anyone, the first question you should always ask is what's in it for them? Because they're thinking it. So if you're delivering what you want to share with people, because it's very important to you, if it doesn't resonate with them, they don't care. They don't want to be there. They're already bored. So have a think about that. What's in it for them is super, super important for this, because then you have to decide which of the stuff you're going to talk about is really going to make an impact. So the next question is then, uh, they're thinking, am I wasting my time? In a sales meeting, 100% they're thinking that. Even in a staff meeting, you're thinking, I've got deadlines to hit. Have we got over what we need to? We're already talking about what we did over the weekend and how our families are and what you got for lunch. Does this matter? No, yes, it does matter because well-being matters and relationships do matter, but also delivering for the client matters too. So you have to think about that when you're talking to people and steering a conversation in that particular direction. Again, they're thinking, can they deliver? Everyone's thinking that. Even your own staff are thinking, can you deliver? Or do we have to tweak it and fix it and make it even better? Because that's going to take more of my time, more of my effort, and maybe a level of expertise I don't have, but we know you haven't got. So we've got to get it from somewhere else. Do I like them? Do we like them? If you're interviewing somebody, you're not just thinking about whether you like the person on the screen. You're thinking about, well, does the staff, do the people in the meeting like them as well? Because I could look really stupid by saying, fantastic, let's move ahead. And then everyone turns around and says, didn't you see that bit when he said this? Didn't you get that alarm bell going off? Didn't you think that that was a bit of a challenge? That we should have said, hold on, let's just come back to you. So you have to be very, very careful how you position yourself, but you're also thinking about it as a team effort, as a team sport. Now, again, can we trust them? 
That's important. If not, you can't move forward. If you like them in a corporate setting, but you can't trust them, it doesn't matter. In a personal setting, that's fine. You can get away with it because you don't expect them to necessarily go shopping for you. But they need to represent you in a corporate uh, market. So trusting is pretty, pretty important with this. And then if it's a yes, what's next? What's the call to action? If you're doing a keynote or a presentation as part of your sales meeting, the what happens next is super important. It's almost as important as what's in it for me because here's what happens in so many meetings. People end up in a situation where they say, yeah, that's great, fantastic. And you go, wonderful, uh, bye. And you get out of the meeting. I mean, you think, oh, we didn't decide what was happening. We didn't decide on the budget. They just said they loved it, and I left them to it. If you haven't set up the next stages, then you could end up with nothing happening. Ideally, you want to close them on price. You want to close them on all the steps towards getting paid. And also, the time span before the delivery or the, the, the beginning of the process starts. Get that before you leave the meeting. I know that if you're worried about asking about the money or you feel embarrassed about it, then that's a bit of a challenge. But remember, this is all part of your speaking growth. This is all part of the stuff that you need to learn to be very effective about what it is that you do. Okay. So that being said, let's do one more and then let's take a break and go into something slightly different. Um, and we might actually split this into two episodes because uh, I want to make the shows roughly about half an hour each, which means you can listen to them in the car on the way to a journey or maybe you can listen to them at breakfast or whatever it is you want to do. But when it runs on to be about an hour and a half of me talking at you or with you, uh, it can be a bit of a challenge. So we may save the questions and answers section uh, for a little bit later on and, and we'll see how time goes. Meanwhile, let's get back to where we which is uh, what are they thinking so now let's get onto a zoom call these are pretty much driven by your business but not so much about the entertainment side or about giving keynotes but for I mean I do these all the time in fact they're a major part of my existing business is uh, at this moment as we speak excuse me I've just pre-prepared um, the materials to give a online hybrid meeting uh, to the game changers we do a Q&A once a month all about this one's going to be about LinkedIn and how to get uh, viral content and, and grow your audience and, and convert it into, into more business. Uh, and that's going to be a Zoom call to everybody and uh, everyone's going to contribute and so on. So that was not a thing for most people until the pandemic hit and then when we went remote it became a lot more important and you see the picture there you've got somebody in the center there who's giving this the main speech and around them you've got a number of different people all contributing usually on silence we get a feeling this is a photoshopped picture which is why they all look so keen and they all look awake and all their back backgrounds look fantastic and nobody looks like you can see up their nose because they've got a camera at the bottom as indeed many people have which is never great to watch okay so first question is this what are they thinking what's in it for us i've mentioned this many times that's what everybody's thinking start doing this with your family by the way or your your pets your children your partner um your colleagues Everybody think what's in it for them and it will suddenly start revealing to you a ton of things you hadn't considered about what their relationship is with you. And if you're constantly talking about you and expecting them to look after you and they're not a nurse or they're not you know, somebody who has to look after you, then you're probably stretching their patience. But if you look after them by saying what's in it for them, they will always love being with you. Does that make sense? I hope so. Good. All right, next up, am I wasting my time? Same question as before. They've all got better things to do. And it's even harder when you're on a remote call like this because the fact is you've got your family all around. 
lots of people watching will have dogs and cats and kids and all sorts you've seen the the, the funny episodes of when this happens and they come and inter interact or they intrude or there's a cat that goes in front of a video camera and we've got to explain it and move the cat off there's lots of things that can happen so that's why meetings generally online um, last a lot less time than a face-to-face -face because there's too many distractions going on okay who is hiding what I find this a fascinating question why should that be so fascinating? Well, because if you're doing something on Zoom, I mentioned there about distractions. Who is hiding from me something for this meeting that I didn't know about, something I should know about? Who's got distractions as they're talking to me so they're not paying attention properly? Now, I'm not saying you have to think this is a sinister thing. It doesn't have to be a sinister thing. For instance, if you're a therapist or a counsellor, as I've been in many stages of my career, whenever I'm looking after somebody, I've got to ask the question, what is it that they're not saying to me? Because they might not even know that themselves. So they're telling me about it, they've been feeling low and so on, but what they're actually saying is actually feeling suicidal, but they didn't want to say that. So you might have to ask it, or you might have to babysit the whole process. You don't know. So what is it that they're hiding? It doesn't have to be physical. It can also be mental or emotional too. Then as you're doing it, what's the group dynamic? This is always fascinating, and this is about getting the Wi-Fi code of the group, or the room, or the stadium, or the, or the, the ballroom. Depends on where your audience is. What's a group dynamic? Is one person in charge? If you can work it out in beforehand, then you know how their dynamic is going to work. So if a boss is in the room, often they wait until the boss speaks before they decide anything. And it also might be the case that they agree with you completely, the boss says no, and then instantly the whole room says no. Why? Because they don't want to lose their job. They don't want to argue with the boss, and they don't want to make the boss look bad. So you need to understand the group dynamic. Now, it's important to understand it from the point of view of um, how they're going to be working with you, but also if you're in the group, that matters too. So the group dynamic, how do I fit in? And the group dynamic, how do they fit in with each other? Uh, there's two different elements to it. Next, what's in it for me? What's next for me? What do I do to deliver the content that they truly want in a relationship that they're truly after? If I don't do it effectively, uh, I miss out on the opportunity, but if they go on for too long and they don't get anything out of it, they'll end up thinking, this was a waste of my time, I wish I'd not done it, and I wish I could move on to something else instead. Okay, so with that being said now, let's have a look at the biggest challenges that you should have. So there are comments I'd love to have from you. We will go on, we've got more to look at in the future, like big shows, behind the scenes, what happens when you're talking to a boardroom full of governors, uh, and so on. Your thoughts are always welcome. Please put them into the comments here. If you've got any questions, I answer everything, by the way. It's very important to make sure that I do everything that I delivered, which is making sure that uh, you get what you want about speaking, about branding, about creating multiple income streams, about mindset that you need to be able to get it right, uh, and, and so on. But I love your thoughts and comments, especially from different places around the world, to let me know um, what impact it has when I share all the content I'm talking about. So what should you be thinking in all this? Well, when you see the audience in front of you, this is what you should basically be thinking. So the view from the microphone generally looks like this in front of a big audience. 
You see the microphone? In fact, as I'm speaking right now, you can't see it, but I've got a microphone in front of me. It looks not too unlike that. Um, and of course, a desk where I've got all the information that I can use for my notes and so on. Uh, and so the audience is generally a blur, but sometimes if you pay the attention that you need to, you can see who's there if you don't mind. Uh, because then it feels very personal to them, that you're talking to them individually, because you looked at them individually when you were talking. So, what should you be thinking in this particular setting? Let me just grab my cup of tea. In fact, this is a Friends mug. Can you see here? Let me share it with you. See that? Friends. And the guy who wrote Friends was David Crane. Not Dave Crane, David Crane, by the way. And he gets a lot of my press, but he's probably thinking I get too much of his. Okay, but he's a, a crazy rich screenwriter from successful telly. And I am me. Ha ha. Yes. What's that worth, Dave? Shut up. What you should be thinking when you're on stage, when you're in front of an audience, is this. Now, if you are already wondering how this all comes together, let me illustrate this. Because what you should be thinking is key to every single performance that you deliver. Ones like this and the ones I shared with you earlier. So you should be thinking, do I know my content? Because if you don't know your content, you can't really wing it in front of a live audience, especially in audiences that you have nowadays with access to Google uh, and the way that we have the internet, metaverse and so on. There's smart people who probably know your content better than you. Many people want to be reassured that you're sharing with them a different way of thinking about it, that they can go, oh, that's a good idea. I never thought of it that way. But they will probably know your content and your context. So therefore, you really need to be up to speed. Because if you don't get up to speed, they're going to go, wow, I didn't learn anything there. And they won't come back to you again. Is my equipment right? Is it all set up the right way? We may be answering some of those questions. I remember in the last episode, uh, we are talking about what equipment you need to take along. Does your microphone work? Um, does your laptop work? Have you got a clicker? Uh, have you done a sound check? Is the lighting okay? Or does it make you look like you've got a big, bald head? Because it's so bright, it eliminates the view of your hair. Could be lots of different factors that come into that when you look at equipment. Next up, the audience is Wi-Fi code. Now, if you walk into a hotel or into a restaurant and you ask for the Wi-Fi, they'll give you um, the, the login details. Audiences are exactly the same. You have to work out how to get the very best of every audience by working out their Wi-Fi code. How do I log into them? How do I keep them connected with me? Does that make sense? So the audience's Wi-Fi code can change depending on the mood and can change depending on, on what happens throughout the event. But generally, you should be able to predict who they are and what they are when you just start speaking. Can they feel and can they hear and can they see me? Well, feel is probably not what you're looking for, to be honest with you. Feeling is a large part of your audience because your audience also has to feel that they're connected to you and that's a Wi-Fi code. But they need to be able to hear you. If they can't hear you, they will just talk amongst themselves and that will kill the, the noise in the room. And also, they need to be able to see you because if they hide from you, they're probably going to talk to each other and that will bring up the noise that's in the room. Now, when I do hypnosis shows or I do all sorts of different shows, I need to have this worked out beforehand. I sometimes have to walk around on stage to make sure that we are connected because if we're not, then they can do anything they want and it's really impossible to try and get the audience back if you haven't set it up beginning uh, just the way you should be. Okay, then you ask, what can I improve? As I go along and I do this presentation, I know it's working well, the clapping, the cheering up the right bits, the laughing at the right bits, but what can I do to make it even better? Maybe even experimenting with something that you didn't do before to see if that works, but always constantly improving. And last but not least, you need to be able to create a win. That's what you're being paid to do. 
Ultimately, the organizers have said, right, I bring, I bring in Dave Crane. Why? Because he's guaranteed to make a successful event, even if other things don't work. So a great MC is able to have, I don't know, things go wrong. You know, microphone stops working, so he learns to shout. Or he walks into the center of the audience and, and just uses his voice alone. I say he, it should be she, uh, just as equally. Um, it could be that your PowerPoint crashes, but you know your material, so you carry on speaking, or you do a Q&A with the audience instead of doing a keynote, and you give them more value than we could ever give them before. So today, um, it looks like my PowerPoint has crashed, or the projector's not working. Not to worry, I'm going to change what I'm going to talk about. Instead of doing it a straight one, one to 100 format, let's make it interactive. I'm going to answer all your questions on the subject that I came in to talk about to guarantee that you get exactly what you need from that subject to be able to move forward in the future. That's a win because you know that something went wrong, but you fell in and made it work. All the time you need to be thinking about, am I winning? Am I winning? And it doesn't mean that you're winning to the detriment of your audience. They are an integral part of what winning truly is when you're doing this the correct way. Okay, so what happens when you get it right? When you get it right, the audience love you. In fact, when you get it right, the audience do this. Whoop, turn it back, Dave, wrong button. The audience, where are we? Do this. Special effects. That's your audience, that's what they do, they love you, they think you're amazed, stop, stop, yeah, thank you very much, yeah, yeah, appreciated, and enough, stop it, goodness me, they stopped that quick, alright, questions, challenges, things you want to know about, I want to know as well, follow your questions at me, and uh, we'll go through them as much as we possibly can, with today's session, uh, it's time has kind of got straight through, uh, I only want to make it about half an hour to give you plenty of time to be able to move on to other things. In the next episode, we'll be going through some more of those different situations and scenarios, um, profiling what your audience is thinking so you can deliver exactly what you want. We'll also be talking about how to get a win. So if you want to know all about that as we continue, all about what great speakers think, um, asking what's the worst thing that could happen. And I think what we'll do to finish off today's session in the time that we've got, uh, let's take a question or one or two questions uh, as much as possible in the time that we've got left. So this is our first question. Do I need to be introduced by somebody? Say it again. Do I need to be introduced by someone on stage before I start speaking? Well, stage has a different term now. Uh, that's from Harry Perner uh, from Geneva and Switzerland. Harry, um, you could be on Zoom, or you could be doing a one-to-one, -one, or you could even be doing it in a chat on WhatsApp. If you're Here's the thing, and it's, it's a factor about sales. If you go into a sales meeting, maybe you'll get a deal in 10 to 20 minutes if you're very good at selling your stuff to a client who doesn't know you very well. But you could get a sale in three to four seconds if it's a referral, they've done all the heavy lifting and all you're going in is to just be recognized as a person that that person was talking about. Does that make sense? So you're going in to see a client, one of your friends or one of your clients has already said, oh, work with this guy, absolutely fantastic, Harry's brilliant, does all this stuff, you're going to love it. Trust me, when you meet him, he's going to be amazing and he'll take care of everything for you. So the client brings you into a meeting, you don't have to do 20 minutes. The client has decided from the very beginning, oh, okay, this is you, I'm so glad to see you, I've heard so much about you. So then you just need to say, what's your headache? What can I do to fix it for you? Do you remember we talked about this before? 
Let me put this into more perspective as we talk about it. So here's what I talked about in great depth and why you should really go on the Industry Icon program. But this answers your question, Harry. Your client is thinking, I've got a headache. Who can fix it? Are they the best fit? And is my headache going to be fixed? If the answer is yes, then they're sold and they're going to buy from you. But your job is to build up the certainty that when they go with you, the job gets done. Now, you do that by creating social proof around your subject. So everyone can see, oh, yes, I can see that. You've worked with these people before. Those people, fantastic. You own a niche. You, you narrow it right down to one particular area that you specialize in. Otherwise, if you do too many, people can't understand if you're the best at that or they can get somebody better. Even if you can do many things, be really specific about the one thing that you do really well for this particular client and stick to it. The client's got lots of different objectives that we've already worked out. They want, it could be anything. They could want you to speak. They could want you to share some stuff. Some stuff. They could want to hire you. They could want to buy some stuff. It could be your services, your knowledge. Whatever it is, you need to work out what that is before you sell to them. Because if you sell the wrong thing, they're going to say no. You need to work on your marketing to give them a return on investment. And ultimately, if you can guarantee a return on investment and you reach the client's objectives, then they will end up buying for you because you're perfect as a, as a solution to the headache that they're after. Harry, does that answer your question? I hope it does. Now, the thing is with all this, it's all learning curve stuff. It does go on, it can be challenging, and many people just don't know how to do it. That's what this show is dedicated to do. Now, if you've got a question that you want to share with me or ask me, uh, then go to info at davecrane.global. Sorry, info at davecraneglobal.com. <laughs> don't even know my own email address. And I will get your questions into future episodes, future shows. And also, if you're interested in working with me uh, on this whole project or more, there's something else you're not really sure about, here's a look at the map of different areas that you should be considering when you're speaking. You should be considering about, you know, overcoming your fear of speaking, how to warm up an audience, train their audience, open a room, get your body language right, how to do small talk, especially in a boardroom, how to host any kind of event, how to do panels and interviews. In fact, I'm going to do a session on that uh, with my game changers next month. Four different sessions all about how to be a guest how to interview people, and also, also how to deal with really tough questions, and how to fix problems as well, and make an online impression. Uh, all this and more are all included in our special system, which is uh, Speak On Stage. And if you can't wait that long, and you want to work with me directly, then the Institute Icon program is here to fast-track you and position you as the very best that you can be in your particular industry. Now, I did promise before we finished that you'd be able to have a look at this. There we go, QR code. Then you can click on it. Take a screenshot and get your free booklet, 10 Wonderful Killer Strategies on How to Advance Your Career. In fact, fast track it past everybody else because nobody else shares this kind of content. In our next episode, we'll be doing part two of this. We'll be asking about how do we get started as a speaker and also going over some of the different scenarios where you need to be able to speak uh, and get the very best out of your audience and also how that translates as a win. I hope you've enjoyed it so far. As always, please follow and subscribe. Uh, on all the different social media platforms so you don't miss out on anything. When you go to my LinkedIn, uh, then make sure you follow me there. Uh, when it comes to YouTube, then ring the bell to make sure that whenever I've got a new release or a new video, then you catch it before everybody else and you get all the content and info that's going to deliver great stuff to you. So with that being said, I hope you enjoyed the show. I look forward to talking to you soon. I'll be back same time next episode, unless you're going to fast forward and see it um, next because you watch this in arrears. And if you want more of what it is I'm talking about, then very simple, join the Game Changers or look at the past episodes. This is episode number 
number seven. And as always, we speak on stage. It's a pleasure to share all this content with you. I look forward to catching up with you next time. Anything you want to know, meantime, connect with me, ask me. It doesn't have to be shown in public. It can be a private conversation, and maybe you need me to work with you directly. I can do that too, as soon as I come back from Slovenia. That's another story, and I can't wait to go into the Metaverse conference over there. World Futureverse, by the way, just in case you're wondering. There may be tickets available, but not plane tickets to Slovenia, unless you're willing to build that into the price. But it will be worth it, because I'll be there. I'll be doing a special, um, a special presentation and a mini boot camp on the Industry Icon program. So, until then, I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode. Look after yourself, and uh, be the best that you can be. This is Speak On Stage. And that's it for today's podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it. It's been a pleasure having you here with me. If you go to speakonstage.com, everything you need will be there. You get access to my blog. You get past and present podcasts. Find out about the events that are upcoming. And also, you could join the Game Changers and join our global community, our membership, for Changing the World. Similarly, if you really want to push your brand and get speaking gigs all around the world, then you've got to become an industry icon. Book a session with me, we'll have a chat about it, and you can get our online courses to become an amazing speaker and also position yourself as the very best in your niche. I look forward to catching you soon on another podcast. Meanwhile, have an amazing day.